That's right. Amen. For the Lord to help us for a little while, I just want to give you just a short message out of First John. And I believe the Lord's in it, but I won't be long. I seriously won't. Actually, I studied this early, and I, I, I thought, Lord, we ain't going to be long this morning. And uh, I tell you, it ain't no accident. God knew that. God knew that. But First John chapter number one. First John chapter number one. Listen to verse number verse number one. If you're if you're reading down through First John, in fact, let's just go down to verse number nine, and we'll give you the text verse. We'll pray, and I'll try to get right in the message. Verse number nine. He said, "If we confess our sins, He is faithful. He is faithful." I like that statement. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. For Lord, help us for a little while. I'll preach on that statement. He is faithful. He is faithful. And let's pray. Father, thank you for letting us come to church this morning. Uh, Lord, we can leave right now, God, and just have enjoyed the presence of Almighty God. Lord, we have enjoyed the fact that you, Lord, have, have been willing to come down where we are and speak to our heart. And God, you've been willing to come down in the midst of our worship, dear God, and just sit down with us. And God, just enjoy time with us. God, Lord, thank you for that. Lord, I pray, God, that right now, God, Lord, you just continue your presence and your power. And you touch our lives, dear Lord, tonight, this morning, God. And God, that you change us, dear God, by your power. And we leave this building this morning uh, with changed lives, dear God. Father, I pray that you do that. God, I pray, God, that uh, that you would get all the glory of this message and all the glory uh, from all the songs sung and all the glory of whatever happens, dear God, during this service. And God, we're asking you, God, would you just meet with us this morning. Bind every demon and devil of hell. Bind every hindrance. And let the Holy Ghost have full liberty and full power, full sway to do everything that he so desires to do in our life this morning. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 That Bible said in 1 John 1 and verse 9, If we confess our sin, sins, he is faithful. He is faithful. Yes. And boy, i got to read about this statement, he is faithful. And we'll get to it here in just a moment. But I want to say the book of 1 John is not wrote to lost people. This whole book of 1 John is wrote to people who have been saved by the good grace of God. Listen to what 1 John chapter number 1 verse 1 said. That which was from the beginning, which we, which by the way I want you to notice that the word we is mentioned over and over and over and over again in the book of 1 John. So what he says about himself applies to everybody else he's talking to. He said, I'm talking to me, but I'm also talking to you. And listen, I say that to say this. He said, we have heard. Listen, he's writing to people who's heard something. Which we have seen with our eyes. Now, me and you can't claim that part. Which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. We can claim that part. We got a hold of something. That word handled means to get a hold of something. Means to actually grasp something. He's talking about, man, if you've been saved, you've grasped a hold of the fact of what the Bible says. He says in verse 2, For the life was manifested, and we, again we, all of us, he's writing to everybody, have seen it. And bear witness, 
and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. He said, man, he said, I'm telling you of what's been manifested unto you. You've realized it's been revealed to you what you needed. Listen to what verse number three said. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father with his, and with his Son, Jesus Christ. He said, we got fellowship. You've got fellowship with the Father. If you've been saved, you've got fellowship. This whole, this whole book is about you having fellowship. It didn't say in this verse, we desire that you would have a relationship with Jesus. Uh, we desire that you might know who Jesus is. We might desire that you might be saved or might be born again. No, he didn't say that. He said that we, we desire that you would have fellowship with God. Boy, that's what First John's all about. It ain't, it ain't about you getting saved. It's a, he wrote it for you to have fellowship with God. Because you can be saved and lose all of your fellowship with the Lord. You kneel down to pray and you don't have an audience with God. And it ain't because you're not been born again. You might have truly been saved. But if you got in sin, you have no audience with God. You have no ability to talk to God. Because every time you go to pray, it's like a block over top of your head. And everything is blocked. And you cannot get a prayer through. Hang with me. We're getting ready to get something a whole lot better. But I'm just telling you. I just want you to know. If you're living in sin, just expect no fellowship. If I'm living in sin, expect no fellowship. Expect nothing close to expect not to be close to God. Expect no presence of God in your own personal life. Uh, you, you might be here this morning. I don't know everybody's heart this morning, but maybe that while people were going to an altar, you said, Brother John, I, I don't feel nothing. Can I be honest with you? Sometimes the reason people don't feel nothing or have no desire is because they're seeing in their personal life and God cannot fellowship with them like he once did. God help us. We need, we need to get sin out of the way so me and you can fellowship with God. Listen to this. Not only do you find this is wrote to save people, people that have heard something, they've seen something, they've handled something. It's wrote for you to have a fellowship with God there in verse 3. Uh, but also verse number 4 tells you that fellowship causes joy. It's already been said, Miss, Miss Gail said it earlier, we ought to be the happiest people on earth is saved people. Amen. A man who fell out the bar this morning after being drunk all night and got puke in his hair and couldn't find his keys to get home last night. Hey, listen, he ought not be the one getting up this morning and say, boy, what a time, what a time, what a time. Man, me and you ought to be the ones getting up and saying, praise God, I get to go to church. Praise God, I get to live for the Lord. Praise God, I get to get in His Word. Praise God for what He's done for me. Me and you ought to be happy and thrilled to death to be saved. And to have fellowship with him. Amen. I do say this first of all. If somebody's not saved. I thought about a man that said this. He said he was going on a cruise. And he went around and told everybody. He said, I'm, a, I'm going on a cruise, man. I can't wait to go. Man, I'm excited about going on a cruise, man. And said that nobody got excited with him, brother. Nobody got excited with him, brother. John, nobody. I said, I kept telling everybody, I'm going on a cruise. They said, well, that's good. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm glad you're going he said, then nobody seemed to be excited. Then it hit me. They ain't going. Can I tell you why some people ain't never got excited about Jesus and ain't never thrilled their soul, ain't never put a smile on their face, they ain't never made them happy because they ain't going and they don't know him. If you know him, it ought to put a smile on your face. 
I've heard people say this, so I'm saved. I know I'm saved. Thank God I'm going to heaven. They mad at like a bull the whole time they're talking about it. I will say, well, notify your face about that. Because your face will look different if you've really been saved. Amen. Your face will look like you're glad that you're getting to go. Amen. Lord, help us. Amen. Uh, but listen right here. I know that, but listen to what the Bible said. They, uh, here's what I was saying about joy. And these things write we unto you, verse 4, uh, that your joy may be full. So what does fellowship do? Fellowship brings joy. And there ain't nobody in this room or in this world more miserable than somebody that's been saved that continues to live out of the will of God. That's the truth. Because you can't go to church and feel good about it because you know you continue to live in sin. And when you go to church, it bothers you. And then you can't go hang out with a crowd that does wickedness and goes full out into sin because you know it's not right to do it. And you don't even fit in no more. So you're like a fish out of water. You can't fit in with the crowd that loves God and you can't fit in with the crowd that don't love God. Ain't that what Peter did while he was sitting by the fire? Bible said he sat by the fire and I always want to preach a message on Peter. You can't even cuss good. That sounds silly, but that's really what happened. Peter got to cussing. He said, I don't know him. I don't even know who he is. You know what they said? Your speech baraweth you. You know what that word baraweth means? Being betrays. Means you might be cussing, but you don't even know how to cuss no more. You, man, you can't, I can't even listen. You know him. We know you know him. They no doubt listening to you and watching you. You know him. I know that you know him. You know why? Because Peter's like a fish out of water. He couldn't fit in with that wicked crowd. And he couldn't fit in with God's crowd. He's just somewhere in the middle flip-flopping every which away because he does not fit in. Can I tell you what this morning? Get in! If you're out of the will of God, get in. You've been distant from God. You're like a fish out of water. You can't decide which way to go. You straddled the fence. You've been doing it for a long time. I tell you, get on in. Get on in. Sell out this morning. Get in with God this morning. God help us do that. Listen to this. Not only the fellowship causes joy. But I got thinking about the fact that he is faithful. I want to show you a couple of things and I'll be done. I want to tell you first of all about God's holiness. God's holiness. Verse number five says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness. Listen to this, at all. Verse 6 goes on to tell you what darkness is representing in these verses. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. You say, what is darkness? Darkness is sin in these verses. If a man says, boy, I'll tell you, I have a real close connection with God. And he's in darkness. That darkness is a picture of sin. So what God is saying, what the Bible is saying about the Lord is he has no sin. He's holy. That's why it's so convicting when you get around God. When you get around His presence, that's why it bothers me. That's why it bothers you. Because me and you are not holy. And we are sinful. And every time all of God's light that has no darkness in it reveals my darkness and shines in my darkness and lights it up, it bothers me. 
Does the same thing to you, I promise you. Amen. You sit in church or you even sit at the home and read your Bible and you pray and you seek God. I'm telling you that Bible will shine light in your darkness and it will bother you. Here's what the Bible says. He's not no darkness at all. He's declaring unto you the holiness of God. God Almighty is absolutely 100% holy without fault and without blame and without sin. He is holy. In fact, the Bible said them angels looked at him and said it three times. Holy, holy, holy. In fact, if you go to heaven and you find out what the angels say all day, every day. The Bible says they fall down at the feet of Jesus and on every side. They look at on every side. He said, holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty. Well, they are declaring every day, He is holy. He is holy. He is holy. They're letting me and you know that He's holy God Almighty. So He's holy. Listen to this. And not only is He holy, but me and you are hindered. Look at verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. I tell you this, if we don't practice, and by practice I mean if we don't live the Word of God out in my life and your life, we are hindered in our walk with the Lord. If you walk in church this morning and you say, boy, that sounds good. And I'll be honest with you, most time preaching has become nothing more than entertainment. Amen. It don't change nobody. It don't fix nobody's life. It don't help nobody's life. They, they say, well, that was good. Boy, he got excited today. That was great. But if it don't go, if it don't change your life when you go home, that ain't, man, you ain't letting preacher make a difference in you. I mean, preacher can holler, he can sweat, he can jump. I mean, he do whatever. Preacher can put pretty stuff up on the, on the TVs. We can try to do something to entertain you during service. I can try to give you a good illustration. I can try to do all that. But can I tell you, all that really don't matter to a hill of beans if you do not allow it to change your life when you leave. Preacher's not entertainment, man. We're trying to meet with God and let Him change our lives. We need to put it into practice, man. Well, this verse is saying that me and you need to walk. Walk out what you've learned. Walk out of the building what you've learned in the building. Walk out when you've read the Word of God in the morning. Walk what you've read. When you've spent time with God in prayer and He showed you stuff in your life that wasn't right and what you need to do about it. Man, get up and walk in what you've learned. Man, I'm telling you, we need to put into practice what we've learned. Not only practice, but presence. Look at verse number 8. We're hindered by our present. He said, if we say that we have no sin, that's present tense. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If you sit in this service this morning, you say, Brother John, I ain't got no sin in my life. You're the very one that needs to get to an altar and get help us. Amen. Amen. You're the very one who needs to do something about this morning. Uh, because you've deceived your own self. That's what the Bible said. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive not our brother, not the preacher, not the deacons, not nobody else in your family, not your mom, your dad, your brother, your aunt, nobody. You've only deceived your own self to say that I have no sin. You say I ain't got nothing in my life to go to the altar about. Man, I guarantee you, you do. I promise you, you do. You just ain't realized how wicked you really are yet. 
And the only person that can reveal that to you is the Holy Ghost. I've been praying all morning. God revealed to all of us that come to this service this morning how wicked me and you both are. That we'd see a real need to get to an altar and go to confessing and getting right and be right with God. Lord, help us to do that. Not only present is hindering us, our practice is hindering us, but our past is hindering us. Look at verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His Word is not in us. So when you say you've not sinned, that's past tense. I had never sinned in the past. I don't have nothing to really worry about being forgiven for or being cleansed for. Again, you're the very one needs to come to an altar. Because every one of us has got sins of the past. we got sins of the present. And me and you all have got stuff we need to practice in our, in our, in our personal Christian life. God help us. But i got to say this. What do you do when you're trying to practice it? you got sin in your present. You look back and you got sin in your past that you ain't confessed. What do you do about it? What do you do when you've blown everything? What do you do when you just blow it in life? What if, what if you're saved, you've been washed in the blood, you go to heaven if you died, but you've blown it. What do you do when you've blown it? What do you do when you just ruined everything about your testimony? What do you do when you just broke God's heart and people around you? What do you do? Verse 9 is exactly what you do. If we confess our sins. That word confess means to tell the truth or to come clean. You ain't going to tell God any sin. You ain't going to come down this altar and tell God any sin that He don't already know for you to tell God, I've been doing this. God ain't going to say, oh, I didn't even know. I had no idea that you was doing that. No, the moment you come down here to pray about it, God already knew that she was doing it before you got down here. And He didn't stop you from coming, by the way. He still wanted you to come. And He said, if we confess our sins, and me and you would come clean. Me and you tell the truth. I'm telling you, He tells us some things He'd do. He is faithful. That's what He tells us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful. I got to reading this and Again, I won't be long, but I want to give you this. I got to reading about a place in Yellowstone National Park. It's in, from what I understand, it's in Wyoming. I've never been there, but I've heard about it and read about it. And I got to reading about this place called Old Faithful. It's a geyser. Some of y'all may have been there. I've never been there. I've never seen it. They say at one point in time that between 3,700 gallons of water to 4,800 gallons of water spew out of that thing at one time. And then it does it every 91 minutes. Every 91 minutes, that geyser goes off. I got to read some things about it. It got its name because of that. It got its name because it was regular. Some people happened upon it. They seen it and I think it was 1871. They come upon that geyser and they seen it. And they said, man, it seemed like it's just regular. It just, ever so often, it just goes off. And Brother John, they went to watching their watches and whatever they had during those days, I don't know what they had. But went to watching that thing, might have had a sundial on the wrist. I don't know how long ago that was or what they had in those days, but they knew what, that, knew what time it was going off. And Brother Mickey, every time they'd watch that thing, they'd say, well, man, ever so often, almost exactly on the same time, it goes off. And it's just, it's just faithful to do it. And that's where it's got its name, Old Faithful. I was reading about it. 
it erupts 130 feet in the air to 140 feet in the air, which sounds awesome. I mean, that's amazing. 130 to 140 feet is a big geyser. That's a bunch of water. 3,700 to 4,800 uh, gallons of water flying out of the earth. That's pretty amazing. And that it happens regularly. I, re- I read this. It, is, it takes between two to four hours to get to Old Faithful once in Yellowstone, depending on traffic. So you can get there faster. But there's that many people going to see it every day. People are always going to look at it. But I got thinking about it, Brother Tony, really, it's just water. And really, it's just shooting out of dirt. And I got thinking, well, what's, what's a big deal? I mean, you got water. We got, I'm watered on pulpit right here. And I can go outside and get some dirt. I mean, really, Brother Ray, I got thinking, what's a big deal about this water coming out of dirt? You know what the big deal is? It's faithful. You can go and it will do what, it's, what they said it would do. It's faithful. It's faithful to do what it said it would do. Every 91 minutes, come what may, it's going to go. It's going to run. It's going to blow out. And all that water's coming up in there. It looks amazing to look at when you look at pictures. It looks amazing. But the only reason they go is because it's faithful. It's faithful to do it. Faithful to do it. Now I thought about the Lord. He's faithful to do some things. He's faithful to do some stuff. In fact, I read about Old Faithful. I was reading about some geologists. They went there and they, they, found, they found some petrified wood. And, and I don't know how they studied this. I have no idea. I'm just telling you what they said. But they said they studied petrified wood and found out that about 800 years ago that that, that petrified wood showed that for about a, a couple of decades that that, uh, that that place Old Faithful did not erupt. It's been faithful for years and years and years, but 800 years ago, they said there was a time when it did not erupt for a couple of decades. But can I tell you something about the Lord? There's never been a time He's not been faithful to do what He said He'd do. There may have been a time when old faithful was not faithful, but there has never been a time when He has not been faithful. Never. Not one time. I want to give you just a little bit here and I'll, and I'll be done. I got thinking about this and just reading down here in verse number 9. Listen to what he said. He's, he is faithful. He said, if we confess our sins, that's the first part. You've got to confess it or he can't do it. If you confess it, then he'll do two things that he's faithful to do. Here's what your Bible said. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. I'm going to stop at just for a second. I want to tell you this. That word just means to be righteous. That means be right in judgment. And listen, if we got what we deserved and fairness, by the way, you don't want God to be fair with you. If you got fair, you'd go to hell and burn for all of eternity and never get out. If you got fair. I don't want fair. That's why I got down, on, got down at God's feet and pleaded for mercy. I'm glad when judgment called, mercy answered. Here, if I thought about just, that word just, he, listen, he can't really free the guilty unless somebody pays the price. And that's exactly what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. Jesus paid the price. In fact, you look at verse number 7, said, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. He said, what's that mean? That means he paid the price for you to be free. For you to be saved. 
for you to be cleansed, for you to get to go to heaven, he paid the price. And he couldn't have, he couldn't have forgiven you or pardoned you without it. Listen to this. The Bible tells us that he is faithful and just to forgive us. To forgive us. I wrote down this right here. I was reading about a king. There was a king who had suffered from his, from his rebellious subjects. There was some rebellious people under this king that really made him suffer. And, and they said that, uh, but one day the, they surrendered. Their arms, they threw themselves at his feet and begged for mercy. He pardoned them all. Then one of his friends said to him, Did you not say that every rebel ought to die? That's what the king said. Yes, but I see no rebels here. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Ain't that what happened when you got saved? Every sinner ought to die and go to hell. Hey, but when you get saved by the good grace of God, it's as if God says, I see no sinners here. I don't see nobody in sin. I don't see nobody condemned. All of them has been saved and pardoned. Amen. Ain't that what happened? Amen. Amen. I'm thankful for forgiveness. Thank God for forgiveness. God forgives sinners. I'm glad he forgives sinners. But I thought about this. I was reading about a lady that, that had also, she had, she had really hurt her husband and had been unfaithful to him. Ain't you glad when you're unfaithful to the Lord, He's always faithful to you? Amen. But listen, this lady had been unfaithful to her husband. He got so upset about it, so mad. But then finally she come pleaded with him and asked for forgiveness. And she forgave, uh, he forgave her. But the town never forgot it. For the rest of her life, they called her all kinds of dirty names and cuss words and everything else. And by the time this lady finally uh, passed away and went on home to be with the Lord because she got things right. She'd been saved and got things right. But this lady, this man had, had heard all the words everybody had to say about his wife. And it discouraged him. It, it made him so mad. Didn't nobody hardly show up for the funeral. But at the funeral, they, after all was said and done, they put that body in the ground. They had to go buy a, a tombstone to put on that, that graveside. And in big words, it didn't say her name. It didn't say when she was born and when she died. It only said in big bold letters, forgiven. Forgiven. That way he said, I want everybody to know when they walk by this, this graveside and they got something bad to say about my wife and they won't say something mean about my wife. I want them just to look and know that she's forgiven. She's been forgiven. Amen. And every time a devil tries to snoop around your life and snoop around my life, I'm glad he can find a big old sign, that red blood of Jesus that says, forgiven, forgiven, forgiven. Amen. But God, can I tell you something this morning? God can do something you can't do, though. I can forgive you, but I can't take it away. God is faithful to forgive, but forgiveness is only forgiven the fault. Forgiveness, I can do that, you can do that. I can go to somebody that's done me wrong and I can say, man, I forgive you. And I can really mean that and really not hold any grudge against them on that. You can do that. But I cannot do anything about the actual action itself. But God can. He's faithful not only to forgive, which is saying, listen, I forgive you no matter what you did. But He can do something about what you did. Here's what your Bible said again. He said, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. Forgive us our sins and to cleanse us 
from all unrighteousness. Not only can He forgive, but He can cleanse. He can wash away every sin you've ever committed. Everything you've ever done. Listen, He can forgive and say, I'll forgive you no matter what you've done. But then He can take one time and get what you've done and dip it in the red blood of Calvary. And it will go away for all of eternity. You say, you're talking to lost people. No, I'm talking to saved people right now. Amen. He said, but John, I don't need forgiveness. He doesn't have it Calvary. He doesn't have it when I got saved. Yeah, I know He did. And that gets you to heaven. Right. That gets you to heaven. But the only way you keep good fellowship with God is keep cleansing in that precious blood every day in your life. You get to go to heaven because of that you accepted and believed and trusted in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ only go to heaven. But every day of your life, you're going to see it. It's not, am I ever going to see it or be saved? Oh, no, you're going to. That's right. Amen. You say, well, if I ever see it, I don't know that I'm going to win you see it. Because you're going to. You're going to mess up after you get saved. I wish that was not true. We are going to mess up after we get saved. But we know this, that a saved person can confess it, get forgiveness, and get cleansed. So me and you can go back to having good fellowship and go back to having joy with God. I say that and say this. People went all over the place to go to Yellowstone. They've flown there. They've drove there. They've, they've rode the two to four hours it takes to get through traffic just to see this thing. And they did it just because they knew when they got there it was going to do what they said it'd do. Yeah. And can I tell you this morning, when you come to an altar and you, and you, and you read that verse, if we confess our sin, yeah. He is faithful and just oh. to forgive us our sins oh. and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Can I tell you this morning, if you've been born again, thank God you can come to an altar and you can get your fellowship restored and today's just the same as it was yesterday and now is just the same as it will be tonight. I tell you, every time we go to church and you see an altar and you know that, man, I'm getting that altar, you know what God will do? He'll be faithful to forgive. He'll be faithful to cleanse and he'll be faithful to give your fellowship back if you'll just get right. If me and you'll just get right with him, he's faithful to not only forgive it, but to cleanse it like it never even happened. I'll tell you this, I'm done. Leave you come on piano. My mama, she loves uh, pottery. She loves pottery. And she's got a big old hutch right there as you walk in. And that thing, that, it holds, I don't know why she's got it right there. That's a bad place to have it right there at the front door. But anyway, she puts it right there. It's a good place to run into it because I figured that out. But man, that, that hutch was right, the hutch is there and it's got pottery all across the top and on the shelves. And, and man, it's beautiful. Got some beautiful things in there. But Brother Tony, she had a big old, uh, nice pot that's made, handmade over in Virginia. And, and man, burnt and then they painted it. It was beautiful. It's beautiful. I come in from school one day and I was hungry. I wanted a hot pocket. I mean, it takes a lot to keep this much weight going. I mean, I'm just telling you, amen. I got to do a lot of eating to keep my, keep my physique. So anyway, I came in eating, man. I was hungry. I, I wanted two hot I could see two hot pockets as good as anything. I was ready to eat them. I come in there and I, I, man, I, just, I hit that thing in my book bag. And brother told me that thing just so happened, the very one that was the best all of them. <laughs> Just, I mean, all the pieces. All the pieces. All over the floor, everywhere. 
I put it in a bag and I put it, I put it under the sink. I thought, well, you know, I'll just tell my mom, because that's not something you call and tell your mom. I just broke your most prized possession as far as pottery. I, I wait to get home, I'll tell you in person. You know, that sounded better to me. My stepdaddy found it before I got to tell anybody. And, and I told him, I said, I told him later on, I'm sorry, I meant to tell you. He said, we well, tried to put it together. But Johnny sat there and he took big pieces and tried to glue, hot glue them together and, and glue this one together and try to put it all back together and, or whatever glue he used. It, it didn't look bad, but it had holes in it. Because some pieces he couldn't find and some pieces he couldn't get to fit in certain spots. And, and, and man, I, as I, thought about, I thought about that. Uh, he couldn't fix He couldn't put it back together. And even when he got it back together the best he could, you could tell that it had been broken. You could look at it and say, man, it's been broke all to pieces. But can I tell you what the Lord will do in your life? You'll let him. He can fix your life so good, you don't even look like you've been broken. He, you can fix your life so good that, and, and forgive you for all the stuff you've done since you've been saved. I, I said since you've been saved. Some of you might have got saved early. I mean real early in life. And, and really the sins you've committed wasn't before you got saved. But the most of them that you've committed have been since you got saved. Some of you might have been saved later on in life. But still you've messed up since you've got saved. I'm telling you this morning. I can't do that. I can't put your life back together so good that nobody else can tell that you've ever been broken. But God can. God can. He can put your life back together better than anybody else in the world can. Amen. If you stand to your feet, eyes closed, head bowed. God spoke to your heart. If you're in here lost, I, I really pray. I plead will you get saved. But if you're in here and you're saved, you say, Brother John, I'm saved. But man, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm out of the will of God. I, I, I'm, I'm in sin. I, I'm not doing what's right. My heart's not where it ought to be with God. I know it ain't right. I, I know, man, I know that I'm not right with the Lord. And I want cleansed. I want forgiven. Oh, why don't you do something about it this morning? Why don't you do something about it? Why don't you get to an altar? Why don't you pray? And if you don't do something, get, get, get to God. Get to God. Get forgiveness. Get cleansing this morning. He's faithful to do it. This morning, he'll be just like he was last time. Wanting you to be forgiven. Wanting you to be cleansed. I'll ask you this while he's around the altar. How many say, Brother John, if I was to die, I do not know. I have no idea. If I died, I don't know I'd go to heaven. I want to know that. You pray for me, but I do not know where I'd go if I died. Anybody like that this morning will raise your hand, Brother John, and be honest with you, I, I don't know. I don't know where I'd go if I died right now. I want to know, but I don't know. Hello and welcome to the Victory Bible Podcast. Thank you for deciding to listen today and be a part of our listening family. We pray that everything is a great blessing to you. I stood on the banks of a wide raging river Trusting that I'd get across I've made my way through some valleys and deserts Believing I'd never get lost I stood at the foot of what felt like Mount Everest Knowing I'd have 
the strength for the climb. But through every trial, each test and temptation, one thing is sure every time. Over and over, again and again, God is do fellowship brings joy and there ain't nobody in this room or in this world more miserable than somebody that's been saved that continues to live out of the will of God that's the truth because you can't go to church and feel good about it because you know you continue to live in sin and when you go to church it bothers you and then you can't go hang out with a crowd that does wickedness and goes full out into sin because you know it's not right to do it. And you if you ask me why, I have no hesitation. God does what He says He will do. Well, I'd simply say every battle has taught me there's nothing he won't see me through so why should I dwell on the hardships and struggles when I look just beyond them I see the way this will end is with great celebration Deep in my heart